entertainment, sports, culture. This is Raleigh Co. Radio, podcast presented by Raleigh and Company. Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. Welcome to uh, this week's edition of Spooning with Dimitri, and uh, this starts the first of back-to-back episodes where we are talking to guys with empires, so to speak, for lack of a better term. Uh, today, it is G. Patel. He owns Echelon Experiences, and they own uh, the Oxford, Fair, Bassan. Fair and Bassan are their two new restaurants. Uh, they also own Murrah, and I know they own a couple that I'm leaving out, and, and I'll figure that out while the interview plays and tell you what they were uh, at the end of the show. But anyway, G uh, was great. We met at his office, um, which is uh, just off of Six Forks Road, and had a great chat, and you're going to hear in this chat that uh, G was uh, a bit uh, a bit uh, gassy and a bit hoarse and apparently the uh, entire uh, the entire Echelon Experiences crew got together uh, for a big celebration dinner uh, the night before so he was uh, he was just pounding down uh, sparkling water uh, trying to get his voice back trying to feel a little bit better as uh, as we were sitting there but G's a really interesting dude uh, I picked the song Good Day by Nappy Roots for uh, this episode because this is a guy, and it will become clear right away, this guy never has a bad day, Not only and hasn't had one for a long time, not only because he is his own boss and has a very, I mean, he's a super positive guy. It's hard not to feel inspired uh, when you're sitting with him, but also because you'll hear that he has not had a boss since he was 17 years old. And, you know, you'll hear about his background in the hospitality industry and how he made the move uh, from hotels to nightclubs to restaurants. I mean, this is a guy with a plan uh, and a really impressive, really friendly, really great guy uh, to sit down with for uh, for about 40 minutes, as I did. So enjoy this chat with G. Patel. He is the focus of this week's Spooning with Dimitri. My first name is Gorov Kumar. Yeah, Gorov Kumar. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I guess I can understand why it's G. <laughs> Correct. I mean, like yeah. my dad, so my dad's from Greece originally, and his actual name is Konstantinos. But, you know, it didn't take him but a year in the South to realize, you know, it's it's just Gus now. Yeah. <laughs> and, so that's what Gus is. Right. He's Greek then. Yeah. Okay, all right. I, I like, mean, it's, you know, there's like, uh, there's versions of it that are like Augustus and stuff like that. But, uh, but if you see any... Incredibly hairy guy. That tends to be Greek. <laughs> now, you grew up in North Carolina, right? Um, well, actually, I was born and raised in India. Oh, were you? Yeah. So I moved um, from India in 1993. Mm-hmm. How old? Ten. 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 Okay. So I moved from a, a small village of about 200 people. Mm-hmm. And then um, I moved to a very much metropolitan city of Moorhead City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we moved in with our uncle, um, and 
he had he's the one who kind of invited us here so end up moving to Morehead. I, I, I can say I grew up in Morehead City. Yeah. yeah. So what uh, what did your family do? What did your uncle do that had him in Morehead City? So he brought um, bought an independent hotel mm-hmm. uh, in the, I would say, late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> no, actually, not late 70s. He moved to Morehead. I, I forget exactly what, but he came in U.S. in the... Anyways, I'm going to it's, I don't remember, but I know that it's sometimes, sometimes <laughs> in the 70s, and then um, they bought an independent property uh, uh-huh. in Moorhead City, 20-room hotel, and it was just, uh, that's what he did. Yeah, so you grew up around the hospitality industry. Yeah, I, I can Is say that. Is that your that, parents did too when they came here? Yeah, so my parents basically worked for my uncle for many, many years, mm-hmm. um, and now they live with me, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they uh, they worked in uh, the hotel business. Yeah. So is that, was that what you thought was kind of going to be the path for you? I mean, I'm not talking about hotel business. I'm talking about specifically back to the family business. Or uh, did you kind of know you no, more head city? Honestly, um, you know, as I was in college, I mean, just natural progression brought me to the hospitality side of it. Right. And, um, you know, I think... Um, this is going to sound really weird, but being Indian, this is like, I think, um, we're just naturally, um, mm-hmm. business people. So I know at some, so at some point I was going to do business. I just had no clue right. what I was going to be. Um, and I think being, uh, around hospitality business, I'm sure it definitely helped me. I, I don't know what aspects of it. I don't know if it was cleaning the bed or <laughs> vacuuming, but, um, it definitely did, uh, lay a, I guess a, Lay some something in my DNA. Well, if you're if you're on that side, I mean, and that makes sense, right? That young and working in a hotel, it makes sense that you're part of the custodial or, or uh, housekeeping staff. Correct. But I would imagine thinking of it from a business point of view, you know, that certainly is the beginning of teaching you how important attention to detail is. Oh, I, oh, I mean, I'm completely yeah uh, OCD, ADD. Any yeah. acronyms that you have, I have it. <laughs> um, because the funniest part is like, you know, when I. When I'm making bed at the house, like I was like, I tell my wife, I, I, I got this, I got this, because <laughs> <laughs> because you 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 train. I mean, we did this for gosh, I mean, I mean, from the age of ten to age of uh, I would say probably eighteen, and even when we used to go back to Morehead City mm-hmm. during the weekends in college, it's like like let's go clean rooms, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any kids would say that, but we're like, we actually enjoyed it, you know, because yeah. that was a time that it was family bonding time, yeah. you know? <laughs> so you said we, brothers and sisters? Um, I do have a younger sister. Uh-huh. Uh, she's married. She's in Houston. Um, and I have two cousins who are like brothers. Uh, so yeah. my uncle's two sons uh, that I, I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I mean, they're. They're like my brothers. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this a lot, but sort of explain that. Was there culture shock? Was there happiness to be? I mean, like, what was the view of America for a 10-year-old Indian kid? Uh, There's good candy here. (laughs) (laughs) So the best kind of culture shock. (laughs) You know, uh, uh, coming here, it was was definitely... um, I would say it was a culture shock, right? Because, um, as my wife says, we're, we're so sh- we were really sheltered, right? As uh-huh. uh, being young, because I mean, I, um, so to give you an example, we had now, just uh, so I understand, your wife says that about your family, or did you guys grow up? Oh, about me? No, no, okay. my wife. Uh, she's she was born and raised in Charlotte. Okay, right? so um, we in in our household. Um, during the weekends, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do math here. That uh-huh. shows you how many people we had in one, uh, like in the, in the living quarter. So uh, six, uh, eight, 
I mean, we would have anywhere from, I mean, 14 to 16 people. Yeah. And we had two bedrooms. Wow. And a living quarter, right? So it's a 20 room hotel. So that was that was the weekend for us. So right. for us, I mean, like we we didn't need the outside world. I mean, we had yeah. <laughs> we had a full world yeah. within us. So I, it was awesome. It was great. I mean, uh, you know, I still remember our uh, playground was the Bird Kings playground you know that's the, that's yeah. where our grandma took us like and it was two doors down right uh, so we had the hotel bojangles burger king and pizza hut right <laughs> so <laughs> what more do you need yeah, what more do you need <laughs> so um you know during uh when, when it was free times she would take us there and you know a couple of bucks a couple of sodas a couple yeah. of fries and hell what, the rest of the world can you know be on its own so what uh so what was the uh what was school like for you i mean so like like i said i grew up dad from greece had his own restaurant and there were times as i got older it was less and less uh prevalent but there were times it was like uh you know what i'm gonna pull you out of school early today because i'm short a busboy uh was that ever i mean with a family business and with a family business that is i mean i would imagine a 20 room hotel probably could have been run just the family right or did you have no there's just the family yeah i mean were there times that you know lending a helping hand sort of took precedent over any other commitments you might have had no i i think that that was one thing um you know uh thank god for my own call aunt it's you know that was education was important that was yeah. i think one of the reasons that we were so fortunate to actually come here you know uh, my parents took that uh, leap of faith and it's like you know just not the the life that we could make but education was the most important um right because you know when i moved here um I, uh, I, in India, where I was at, I, they, they didn't teach English. So mm. I taught all my ABCs and English once I moved here. So right. the education component was definitely the most important. And the, that that sacrifice was never made. You know, yeah. if they had to do more, they did more. But never to the, uh, uh, to the loss of, you know, getting education. Yeah. Absolutely. Not. Yeah. So when, so you go to college where? I went to NC State. NC State. Yeah. Okay. So I started off at Wake Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I, I cleared a bunch of hours. And yeah. then I, after that, I matriculated into uh, college management. Yeah. So as you get at it, when you get out of NC State, did you have any idea of what you were going to do with business? I mean, in your head, was there a path different than the restaurant industry or? No. Um, I mean, I just, I mean, it, when you're in college, you don't really think right. about that, which, which is the reason, actually, I'm involved substantially uh, at Pool College Management because I think the kids at that, you know, when you're that age, uh, unless somebody really guides you and advises you on the path to take, you just kind of go with the flow, right? right. You, I mean, you just try to stay in the pack and make sure you don't lose the herd. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so uh, being, uh, when I was at NC State, um, it, it wasn't, I was like, I'm gonna own a bunch of restaurants, and I'm gonna have a lot. I mean, no, we're gonna we're gonna have a substantial sector in uh, Raleigh. Uh, it was more so. Well, let's just see what I like, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and that's kind of what I try to. You know, when, when I when I speak to these kids and try to mentor them, it's like you know, be curious. You know, do what you love. Um, and it and it sounds so cliche sometimes, but it, it's the God's honest truth. I mean, if if you don't, I mean. Who wants to wake up every morning and it's like, God, I got to do this again? Yeah. You know? Um, so when I was in college, I mean, I just, uh, I, I did what I, I loved socializing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. as I told you earlier, I mean, last night I, I was at a 
an amazing dinner with just friends and people who've made us successful. And that's that's what I enjoyed. That's what I loved. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did in college. You know, I, I, would, I would host events. Right. Uh, I would host, uh, I would make new friends. Uh, we, we would rent out venues and it, it would be just a big party. So, um, the, so the, the involvement or the, I guess the interest in the restaurant industry for you had more to do with the... Um, uh, event planning and hosting side than, than food. Guest relations. Guest yes. relations, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what piqued my interest. Like, I was like, I, 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 we love to, I mean, I love taking care of people. I love right. to make sure that we're creating memories for people. I mean, uh, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what they do when they go to restaurants, right? It's not just, oh, I'm hungry. I mean, if they want to do that, the concepts that we have, we feel that we give them one of a kind experience. Right. So it's the name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so therefore it's uh, that, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's so crazy how things comes like, Oh, that makes sense. Sometimes you do things without knowing what you're doing. Right. right? right? But then you actually, re- when you reflect on it you're like, Oh yeah, that didn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's what? Six restaurants in Raleigh. Correct. And, six. and then Basan, which just opened. Well, five, so five in Raleigh now. And yeah, sixth one is in Durham. Okay. Right. Um, so then I guess being that you are, I don't want to say more excited about guest relations, but given that that was your door into the world, um, it probably like, sometimes I think about these chefs, um, you know, I, I tend to think about the guys in New Orleans, which is, yeah, I grew up on the Gulf Coast. So those are the, you know, sort of rock star chefs I'm most familiar with. So many of those guys grew up cooking Cajun food that their restaurant empire, for lack of a better word, is all like every restaurant is some differentiation on Cajun food. Right. I guess coming from the guest relations side, that's why you can have restaurants as diverse as Bassan and Fair. And, you know, Murrah, which is, you know, I mean, people people could say that Murrah and Bassan are similar, but they are completely different. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's got to be part of it, right? Like, you didn't grow, you didn't get into this because you are trained in a specific cuisine. So you can figure out what is the best way to serve the guy that wants steak and seafood what's the best way to serve the guy that wants sushi and so on oh absolutely i mean i agree i think um that's one of our i think one of our strengths which what's made us uh yet uh, this successful uh in this industry you know we're we're very um focused on what does our guest want and mm-hmm. we're able to create that now you know and to have a creative genius and i think that's one thing that my entire team we're just we're consistently curious like oh i wonder what else we can do you know what, what yeah. what's different what 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 can we provide that's going to actually add value but not compete not um you know just do something that's already been done and and, and it's risky it's very risky because you're you're constantly challenging the market and you're challenging the demand so yeah it, it's it's amazing that we're able to do what we do and and uh, i think um it also just not it creates a amazing organization but also creates a demand for people who are developers you know they're like right they want you uh because you're able to give them whatever they need right, <laughs> right. it's like it's like oh you want a square box here's my square box you want a triangle uh, here's a triangle yeah um most people just have a, a round peg and if that round peg doesn't fit in, in into that development then it doesn't fit right? yeah so uh, we're able to create our own shapes whenever we need to yeah well so um i want to i want to talk about that in a in a second because that is uh that is an interesting part of uh a restaurant group is that developing the new concept and when is the new concept ready to go but i, I kind of want to go back to when you first bought murrah um 
were you in a position to do it on your own? Was there a was there some creative jockeying with the bank? How did it go that you were able to get in the position to even make that first step? Um, I was hustling yeah. all day, every day. <laughs> no, I, I by no means. Um, you know, my, my family does not come from a wealthy background, right? right. So my parents, you know, they always worked. Uh, they, I mean, they did what they could, and they could they did what they could to help me. Uh, when I purchased Mira, um, essentially, I put myself on the line. It's like, hey, I will work practically for free until mm-hmm. I return your money, and after that point then I'll take ownership or I'll take piece of the pie. So, no, I definitely, I mean, using the bank, using private lenders, that's that's how Mira became. I mean, it, and mind you, I was fairly young at that age. I, I never, I've never considered my, like, my, uh, I guess my youth to be like, oh my God, like, is anybody gonna listen to me because I'm this young? I was like, this is what I want, so this is what I'm going to get, right? right? Um, so I think- um, So how old were you when uh, all that happened? 20, 20 Shit. Um, 22, 23? Wow. So that, you know, so when I ask what the pay, I was going to ask you what the, what uh, were you doing before yeah. started Burra? It probably wasn't a lot of time to do much. Like, uh, I mean, I, I, had a, I had a nightclub prior to that. Did you? But, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at 21, I had a I had my first business, like a tangible business. My, I started my first company when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and that kind of took off and that made me good money that paid for college at made me have a lot of good times in college yeah. uh, you know, uh cloud nine entertainment uh-huh. um and I, I still have the paperwork and that llc formation of that <laughs> but um you know uh that that was basically uh, events and promotion company uh uh-huh. which is kind of that's the segue that got me into the hospitality sector yeah at 17 was there enough demand for that in moorhead city or had you no this i was about i was in college oh well, okay yeah. you yeah. were in college at 17 mm-hmm. wow so you were doing like you it seems like your life has been just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it, yeah, it has been. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's. I think the last time I worked for somebody when I was probably seventeen. Wow. So I was 13, 13 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah. you know, I had this feeling when I came in here that uh, you were going to be the first person that makes me feel incredibly unaccomplished. <laughs> That's never the case, right? I mean, I mean, what? I, I, you know, you I, have I re- six restaurants. I have a podcast. I mean, let's. <laughs> no, but but again, you you love what you do. You yeah. love this. You enjoy, right? So who defines and who measures what's success and what's what's not? Right. What you do, you you love what you do, and that that's all that's all to it, right? It yeah. doesn't matter how much money you make or what it is. It's as long as you do what you're loving. That's it. Yeah. So let's talk about you, what you love to do. And you talked about that it was the guest relations and and the event planning that made you excited about the restaurant industry. Um, you just like here in the last what four months you've opened two restaurants right yes uh, oh my goodness i mean I'm, I'm this is i was probably the business times that I we bet. were at i mean i mean like i my team is just uh, they're amazing i mm-hmm. mean like i i can ask for a better team um and uh yeah, it was definitely tough because it's not just opening a restaurants, right? Because it, it takes so much to open a restaurant, but yeah. it's also sustaining what you have yeah. and what, you, what we already operate, right? Yeah. Um, so we had five restaurants. We sold Sono. So um, at that time, we still had five restaurants when we we're building these things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of work. I mean, it was a lot of just pulling, like, like oh, my God, how are we going to get this done? Right. Well, we got it done, right? Right. Because uh, I think everybody here, uh, we want to accomplish bigger and better things than any of us have ever seen. Um, you know, our culinary director puts this 
and you're, uh, he's really good with analogy, by the way. So if you ever get a chance to talk to Johnny, I suggest you, okay. you speak with him. But, um, you know, Johnny's like, you know, we are very all new and fresh at this, right? So every mm-hmm. time we're consistently learning. I've never been a president of a company. Mm-hmm. Johnny's never been a colony director for another organization, right. right? David's never been a controller, all right? Uh, Tyler's never been a, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, operations director. Right. So for us, I mean, we're, we're constantly building ourselves. And while building ourselves, we're still sustaining this this organization that yeah. we built. You know, that's funny. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had uh, Crawford Lavoy, who's the beverage director and general manager of Piedmont over in Durham, and he and his chef are very much in the same situation. Where he has never been a general manager before. Uh, his chef has never been an executive chef before, and there is this there is this sort of enthusiasm that I recognize. You know, in him now hearing you talk about this that. You have, uh, I don't want to say you've not had the chance yet to be beaten down by the uh, grind, but you don't even see it as a grind at this point. No, it's, it's. I mean, it, we, we just do, right? Yeah. We, uh, I don't know if you can curse on the bus. We, yeah, we get shit done. Yeah. That, that's, that's it, right? It doesn't matter what comes our way, we get it done. And if you can't take shit, then don't be in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's that simple. I mean, and, and, and uh, honestly, we, we had this conversation with Johnny yesterday. We're like, gosh, like, man, we deal with a lot of things mm-hmm. and you really have to have thick skin to be in this industry to be in this business and i mean i, I applaud goes out to all my colleagues who are, who are doing this on a day in day out i mean i i have my hands in other things and i i see um friends who are in different uh, industries and you know what they do and how they do it not to say that what they do is easier um but this takes a lot well, of talent I, I mean, skills you know there there are plenty of in other industries where you have a night like you know your day is nine to five and that's just not the case when it comes to hospitality oh, this you just wake up and it's like all right let's see what's gonna happen today yeah <laughs> well all right so that's a perfect transition into i want to talk about now i've not been over to basan yet the night you guys had the media dinner i was it was coming out of both ends there was no way i was gonna get to dinner <laughs> that night but i did go over to fair that's where i interviewed christopher when we chatted right um and fair looks beautiful yes uh Everything below fair in that building does not look completed. So, <laughs> so between the idea of let's see what happens today and at Echelon, we get shit done. Right. Tell me how that all came together and, and sort of talk to me a little bit about um, maybe not frustration, but the experience of having this beautiful property that is open and serving customers. And sure, you have neighbors in that same development that are open and serving customers. But, you know, as soon as you step onto the elevator, you kind of get the feel that building is, I mean, obviously it's not complete yet. Right. That's got to be a weird place to be doing business. Oh, man. It, you know, it's, um, we put a lot of energy and time and effort into developing the concept fair, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, it, it can be frustrating um, when you put that kind of energy and time and effort into it when you don't have somebody putting the same ball, right? Right. Um, But, you know, that process was definitely a a learning curve for us. Uh, We we try, I mean, the name Echelon, we try to stay ahead of the curve. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if somebody throws a curveball at you, it's kind of, it's it's tough to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, So, when when we're developing that, um, it, 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 again, Thank goodness that we have a good team who are just able to just adapt and we, we can change, you know, a step of a finger. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 
when we develop things, we're in it for the long haul. We're all, so it might not be the perfect scenario right now, but we we foresee what is going to happen right. and the changes that are going to be. And therefore, that's the reason we develop in the place that we develop. So are we worried about it? I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, yeah. because it's not, uh, it's not, we're not talking about, you know, a couple thousand dollars here. We're talking about millions of dollars that go into these projects. And that's it, a, a big leap of faith that we put in to our partners who, who are the developers, right? It's like, hey, are you going to do what we expect you to do? And mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't happen. That was the first time that happened. Right. <laughs> so we learn now. So next time, we're not going to position ourselves where we're going into a development that hasn't been fully developed yet. Mm -hmm. Because it, it's, it's, it's so tough. It's so challenging when you're a larger or, or a smaller part of a larger development. It's, it's, it's completely yeah. different than going to a building that's already been built because constructed, uh, operational, than going into it. So. Yeah. Um, will we do that again? Probably not. No. Did you? It must have been. Um, th there must have been like a couple of different ways of thinking pulling at you because with Cameron, you know, you you know the Cameron Village area, but I mean, like you said, the the building fair is in is such a. I mean, the building is new. The experience for Echelon is new, and obviously, you know, all parts of the Cameron Village area are not the same, you know, especially when you are removed the way fair is from the, the shopping district. Correct. Um, did you ever feel like, uh, or have you since felt like that it was not what you expected because you underestimated how hard it was going to be or how different it was going to be? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think, uh, I wouldn't say underestimated, right? Um, I would say the execution um, overall, was under us. I mean, was, was not what I expected to mm -hmm. be right. Because expectation was the building to be fully finished, right. the people to be already moved in, right. and we're. I mean, the demand is there, right? Because yeah. obviously, we we did uh, the market analysis and we did the study before we developed this concept. And, uh, and mind you, like from the moment we sign a lease or the moment we decide we're going to go, it's about our, our our projects typically are taking two years. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like all right, we're going to go here. Now let's let's um, let's go into it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely it was definitely tough, and it is tough, and it's challenging because uh, what happens is uh, this market uh, can quickly create a preconceived notion of who you are and what you are before yeah, you even get a chance to tell them who you are, what you are, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, and I'll give you one example is the parking, right? Parking, um, we knew there was adequate parking when we signed the deal, but um, because of the uh, the delay in construction, the parking that was supposed to be available for our guests was occupied by other tenants, so therefore, people were like, oh my God, this is so hard to find parking. Right. But we know that it's not. that was not the case. That's not going to be the case but how do you explain that to the market yeah. how do you tell them it's like hey guys so then i mean how do you start doing valid because you know, you know the, the moment you try and start justifying or start saying hey just wait then they're like yeah yeah whatever okay yeah, well, <laughs> and, then, and then to to people that are not invested in it day to day it almost can sound like oh man you really should come in three months boy did you pick the wrong time right right exactly <laughs> so uh now you're with basan now you're in durham yes um Plans and I mean, look, you just opened two restaurants. If there are no plans for what the future of Echelon is right now, you could be forgiven. But like, do you like being in Durham? Is that something? I, I actually absolutely love being in Durham. Yeah. Um, you know what? Um, because I, I haven't I haven't spent that much time in Durham. Yeah. Durham is not my. Um, it was it was in our market, but I, you know, I almost want to say like, shit, let's just 
keep building in Durham. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, Durham has this reputation here in the last couple of years of being, like, if you're in the Triangle, and the Triangle is already a pretty good place if you like food, but now suddenly Durham is, boy, that's the center of where you want to be if you really like food. And I'm guessing just from, like, I lived in Durham and now I live in Raleigh, I guess it's the same place thing with commercial real estate, much cheaper to build in Durham. Mm, no, no. Uh, um, I, I, it's, I wouldn't say much cheaper. Again, it depends on where you go, right? Um, right. We, we tend to go for a plus-plus real estate. Sure. We, we, we try to find main all main properties. Again, one of our mottos, we want places that's going to give us longevity. We're not in here for a quick buck. We're right. here for the community. We're here for to save for a longer period of time and actually build something that creates a legacy, I, we hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think we probably spent almost the same money, if not more, at between Basan and fair yeah um but uh, basan is a little larger mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean from a financial investment and from you know what the, the cost uh, side of it it's uh we would say it's probably the same and but again we we try not to spare any i mean sure. we, we go when we when we build it we want to build a place that's going to give you a quality experience from the the food the, the, I mean, from the feel uh, and from the service, you mm-hmm. know, we, we try to attack all three of them. It's not just, okay, well, let's just have an amazing chef and throw it in there or let's just have a beautiful place and, you know, see who likes to come. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the full package. It's the full experience. Yeah. The, and I've, always, I've noticed with your locations, you always, it seems try and pick when you do a new location, you try and pick somewhere that's not going to cannibalize from current locations. Yeah. Uh, like even when you had Sono and Mira, uh, Sono was located conveniently for people that Murrow was not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit about how much of that consideration there is. Um, and, and really, what is the process like when you are putting together a new concept? Does it start with, hey, we have this idea for a new restaurant? Does it start with, oh, this space is available? Uh, for us, it starts. I mean, it, the, this is business 101. The location, location, location. Right. What the hell does that really mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think defining uh, what location means and um, you know executing from that standpoint uh, is really important to us. So we definitely go with we find the location first, and mm-hmm. again, having an amazing team and having people who are just creative geniuses. Um, we can figure out what to put there once we find that location. But again, you know, we, <coughs> excuse me, uh, when, when we when we go into f- newer developments, I mean, we find the main on main location. And uh, how we define that in, in our dictionary, it's, you know, we want to make sure that that place has foot traffic. We want to make sure it has a great visibility. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that the area that we're in is going to have longevity, you know, um, or else what's the point of doing it? I mean, we don't sign a two or three year lease. So we're talking about anywhere from eight to 10 year leases that we signed. So we're going to be there for a long time. And we want to make sure you're not going to not nothing wrong with places that are in strip center, but like you don't know because the dynamics change so quickly. Sure. If a new, new shopping center or a Walmart can move or a target move and you're like, well, shoot, what do I do now? You right. Know? Um, so we, we try not to, um, you know, rely on uh, anchor tenants that's already there. We, we want to make sure there's a good mix, uh, mix use uh, for that place, and it's going to be there for a long time. So. Yeah. So uh, then tell me how you go about hiring a chef once you've decided what you're going to do um, 
what a concept is going to be do you ever build around who is available or who the best candidate is or are you always looking for the guy that fits your idea um we and I, I, when when we're building the restaurant we we find the location um and this is literally where we're sitting here this is where all the creative juices start flowing we right. start talking i mean it's literally a rap- MTV it, it, it's, yeah, where the magic happens this is where the magic happens i mean it, we just go into a full-out discussion from name to concept mm-hmm. to design and then everybody's kind of we all just put everything else on the table and then i was like well that makes sense this doesn't make sense yeah um and then once once we figured out the concept and and the the the, the, the genesis the idea behind what it's going to be they were like then johnny goes to he goes to town it's like all right, right. who's gonna be my guy who's gonna be able to do what i need them to do and i, I think one of the beauty about um us is that we we don't put constraints on what it's going to be right mm-hmm. so basan we knew that was going to be japanese concept and we knew that it's going to have sushi that's it we don't tell them hey you gotta have brussels sprouts you gotta have this rule <laughs> right it's um we, we leave the sandbox up to the chef but uh-huh. we know that chef has training in this and then we want them to play because right it's i mean that that's what chefs love i mean we want to make sure that what's the point of actually having a chef if you're going to tell them, hey, you got to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, so when you hire a guy, it's like, here's the concept. Now, what's your menu? Right, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Toshio, I mean, Toshi's got, I mean, I don't know how many binders full of just menu items, right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I trust, we trust each other to be the expert in your own field. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell Johnny how to do his job. There's certain expectations that are needed, but... He's an expert in what he does. So what he says and what he tells me, I'm like, all right, if that's the case, let's do it. Same thing with Tyler. You know, Tyler, he's an expert in his field. Tara, I don't tell her how to more do marketing. She mm-hmm. tells me, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, all right, makes sense. If it's the budget, let's do it. Yeah. So when what is time like for you away from here? I mean, is there, you know, you being, you working out of a centralized office, I would imagine you can have a little more reliable and predictable hours than if you're in the restaurant from open to close every day right or wrong i i, I don't know how to answer that question <laughs> uh, my days are just uh they're 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 uh all over the place yeah. but um i think one thing that was really important to me uh was the quality of life mm-hmm. you know and making sure uh how people have the preconceived notion it's like if you're in a restaurant business you must be sl- i mean like you're you're practically there 24 7. right we try not to create that for just not here everybody at the home office but people even more who work in the actual restaurant mm-hmm. itself we, we want to make sure that they have time for their family um time for their kids time to do what they need to do um the personal time yeah right? um so i am actually not here that often mm-hmm. in, in this office i'm out in the field um i'm in the restaurants i i try to visit them much as i can um <clears throat> but i think one of the best things um that this organization has to offer is that we're surrounding ourselves in this community i'm not trying to build things i mean in charlotte or things in atlanta um we like it here and if i wanted to what every day go to every single restaurant we are able to do that right right um yeah it is uh, hearing you talk about you know not wanting people to have that 24 7 uh mentality um 
you know, uh, we had the the folks from uh, from Empire Eats on uh, one of the first couple shows, and um, the chef there, Brent Hopkins, uh, was telling me that you know that idea of twenty four seven is it was like a generational thing, whereas like the guys that were his bosses, that were his mentors, from their mentors learned that's the way it had to be, and mm-hmm. his generation of chefs learned, you know, I watch these guys get divorced and and you know estranged from children by doing that what is a what is a more realistic way to live your life and run a successful restaurant right i guess in your case (laughs) restaurant empire (laughs) (laughs) so what is it like when you go into a restaurant what is what do you do do you just want to sit and have a meal and and um kind of think about the experience and where it can be improved or do you want to be hands-on talking with guests you know jumping in the fray whether it is as a host or um back in the kitchen or whatever it is it is the probably one of the toughest things to do to go have a meal at your own place of course right (laughs) (laughs) like uh people say oh so you you must just eat here all the time like you know honestly i rarely um when i get a chance i definitely do right Right. Uh, well well, if i'm gonna take if i'm gonna entertain somebody i'm going to take them to our establishments uh but you know how it is when i go in there my my i mean i'm gonna walk you through uh, if if i once i walk into a place i'll go into a host and make sure that you know everything's kind of set up the way it needs to be set up they have all the tools that they need um after that you know speak to a couple of servers hey how's everything going and i i, I have a, a open door policy and it, it it might sound lame but i i try to tell them and I, I let them know it's like hey if there's anything that needs improvement that needs change i i need to be able to do it so mm-hmm. you, you can't I, I don't go in there with a clipboard and start doing that uh, that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong it's it's more it's like hey uh you know what if we what if we try this so um i'm hands-on from that standpoint um you know having a clean establishment is really important to me and i think yeah. that's from the hotel side <laughs> you know, you know? well yeah but who wants to walk into a place well i, I i'm so it, it's crazy um and they tell me this all the time it's like it's like you know every time when you come in i feel like just something goes wrong. i'm like no it's just that um I, i'm very particular right. of what house i'm supposed to be because those standardized ways of clean i mean for us and like we talk about this with my my, my cousins like it's like this is the way you fold the sheet. This is the way you, where, this is where the cup goes. So it's like, right. it's so strategic and it's so like, that's it. There's no, there's, there's, there's no like, oh, well, let's just see how it works. I mean, that, that, this is the way it is. So I'll walk in, I'll, I'll talk to the, I'll talk to most of the managers, but my time in the restaurant, I'll probably say it's no more than 15 minutes. I'll go in there 15, 20 minutes. Um, I'm not there to observe on uh, and, and, and teach them how to do things. We, make sure that uh, when we hire them it's the right personality the right person mm-hmm. and then we give them adequate training right nobody wants to set anybody up for a failure right so therefore i trust them to do what is right and what needs to get done yeah do you recognize people in your restaurants that might be um not quite in management position yet but you you recognize they have a lot to offer would you move them to other restaurants or do you try and find you know, do you, do you try and keep people where they are? No, I, I mean we are firm believers in developing within. Mm. Um, the only time we'll go outside is when we've exhausted all our resources. Right. Um, there's so many examples that uh, live uh, in our organization like that. You know, we want to. You know, I, I tell this to my managers and to my team and to my. I mean, just my friends. Like, 
I didn't, I'm not building this to get super rich or how I'm just a bunch of restaurants, right? We're building this. So now people have the ability to actually climb up, mm-hmm. right? Um, I could be just as successful and just as be happy with owning two restaurants, running them on myself and go home and lock the doors and be good with it, right? Yeah. We want to make sure that we're developing something that uh, allows people to create careers out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times this industry looks like, oh, so I'm just going to wait tables until I find a real job. This is a real job. Yeah. The, the guys who actually do this for full time, I guarantee you they make more money than people who are some engineers that are out there coming out of the school and trying to do this. I mean, I have right. I have servers who've bought their houses. We've bought multiple cars. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, we, I, I know what, I mean, what kind of revenue these guys can make and just not from serving tables, but also, I mean, a consistent paychecks. Um, I'll give you a prime example. Um, David Basinger, who's my controller now, mm-hmm. handles all financials of the entire organization. We hired David as uh, a sous chef at Oxford. Oh, wow. Right? So, I hired him as a sous chef. He decided he wanted to do something else. We had a great working relationship. He came back in. Then I was like, at that time, we didn't have something open. So then he just worked as a, as a line cook back at Oxford. After that, he left again. Then he came back and was like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to get back in the restaurant. So then we gave him a, um, a, a chef position at Cameron Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. From chef position, he became the GM. So he basically managed the entire restaurant. From there, we gave him two units. From two units, now he handles the entire financial yeah. <laughs> of, of, our, of our organization. Yeah. So, um, and again, we, we make sure that we don't draw the box around you. Hey, this is what you have to do. It's like, what do you really like to do? What yeah. is your passion? And well, that's where we want you to drawing, grow. Not drawing a box around a guy like David. Uh, it's, it's not often that a guy that has the skills to be a chef and manage a kitchen has the same kind of skills to manage everybody, right? Yeah, but how it's, perfect is that, though, right? Understanding the business, yeah, right? Yeah, by not, by not putting him in a box, you sort of had the chance not only for you, but for him to realize this guy is valuable in every asset of our industry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and, and you, so it's just, just, I mean, you look at you, you step back and you guys like, it's like no chef is going to argue when he said your food cost needs to be that or your, 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 this is what you have to spend because right. he's he been there, done that, right? That. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an Ivy League guy who's, who's telling you how to do, run your financial model who just never cooked. He's done there. He's been there. He's done that. So yeah. um, it's, it's, it's awesome. Tougher now that you are at six restaurants or was it tougher going from one to two? I think the third one was probably the toughest. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, and, and also, we've we've we built systems. We build. Um, we've strengthened the, pl- uh, the 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 platform that we were operating on, right? And, right. Um, and and that's one thing that um, I did not have before, right? Um, nor was I again trained to develop or build a company right we, we didn't bring experts in to do this we, we've done it organically we've made a lots of mistakes mm-hmm. um and we make we still make them and i, I love making mistakes honestly yeah. uh because you learn so much from it but um you know it, it's definitely i i think our challenge is going to be once we go over the eight or the ten i think the tens right. tens going to be our our testing period right like what are we really what can we really do right because i made the goals build 15, 20 restaurants. Wow. And keep it all here in the triangle. Yeah, keep it wow. all here. 
Well, uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, thanks a lot, man. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Still above ground, that's the reason I pray. Got my car cleaned up, now I'm ready to play. Make a call to the sticks, say I'm headed that way. Heard my cousin cooking out, I gotta get me a plate. Got this new outfit, ain't even out in the state. So fame speaking too soon, but it's a hell of a day. So I left out uh, Zinda and the Cameron Bar and Grill when I was uh, running down what Echelon, uh, what the Echelon Experiences group owns. But that's the chat with uh, G Patel. So uh, thank you so much for hanging out this week. Like I said, this is going to be the first of back-to-back chats uh, with people that have empires, so to speak. And, uh, and next week, we will talk to the man that owns all the Buffalo Brothers here in town and also has a restaurant up in western New York. My, uh, my old friend, uh, Matt Boyd, will be uh, on the episode next week. So... Uh, if you are not subscribed on iTunes, please do so. Uh, that helps us move up the rankings and, and, and get some sponsorship opportunities and maybe get a few more ears on this thing. So uh, go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a rating, preferably five stars. I do think that is the best. And I think it's pretty. It's a uh, pretty great, pretty interesting show. But then again, I'm the host. I'm supposed to say those things. So for now, goodbye, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Should enjoy your 24. Do your thing and rip your hood. The world is all yours, but still we all grind forever. In the day, the choice you make is really all fine. Good day.